0: Awakening the faithful, reaching the lost, and making church matter. Welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. If you love your parish, listen to this podcast.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. I'm Kelly, your host, and I'm joined by Tom Corcoran. How are you doing today, Tom?
2: Good. I <laughs> thought I was just telling you, I'm like, I have no margin. He has no margin, margin negative,
1: today, everyone. Negative no margin. breathing room.
2: No breathing room. Yeah, like like today gotta, or this serious? whole month? yes <laughs> or your whole life oh dear definitely the whole month i think you know when you get to when we get to the summer i think it slows down a bit but mm. yeah, i don't know that's right a now, long way off right now pray i get some margin but good to be here good to be talking about this so.
1: awesome well today I we're enjoy talking, doing this, this yeah good. okay good you seem very relaxed you don't seem know, stressed about your margin back, he's you know. sitting back all comfy <laughs> today we're talking about shaping a clear discipleship path i'm looking forward to what your first like step in the discipleship path was for you like what was the thing that well, okay well we don't have to do that yet we'll get we'll get to it right because i know what mine is and so so today we just want to talk about um shaping a clear discipleship path it's one of our three core strategies that we have here at nativity tom what are our three core strategies and again
2: if you've been listening even tracking on the podcast we've mm-hmm. been going through these but number one is welcoming outsiders that have we're going to grow as a church. we got to welcome people that aren't currently here. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, we want to create a great weekend experience. We talked about music, message, and ministers, and we, we dived and dove. Dived?
1: I think dove.
2: Dove would be the right word. And now we're talking about that third one, shaping a clear discipleship path, which means making it easy or easier, it's not easy, to walk the path as a follower of Christ. Um, and we say, again, we want people to take responsibility both for their own spiritual growth we want people to be self feeders or to take responsibility for it mm-hmm. instead of baby Christians and to build up the mission of the church so that's what we're talking about today
1: great, great and so what does it mean to shape a clear discipleship <laughs> path like this one feels like like the first two core strategies welcome outsiders create a great weekend experience this one is like this is the deep one this is the
2: oh, you think this so? is the meat I
1: this feel like deep? it is yeah huh. well the other two I mean the other two I feel like some people could argue like. Well, you don't really have to do that, or you don't really have to do that, right? But the, you have to do this one, no matter what. Like, you have to do this one. Huh? <laughs> I don't have a response. Sorry, I stumped you. I don't
2: think. Yeah, I don't know if we're intentional about any of the three. Usually, I think, but mm-hmm. um, you know, we well, everyone has to have mass, I guess. But
1: that's true. I think we yeah. think.
2: I don't think we're ever really just intentional about that, and I guess that's what yeah. we mean by that. Right. The word shape came a little bit out of. Um, I had this in the notes and I took it out, but mm-hmm. now I'm putting it back in as we talk. Yeah. Of From uh, Switch, how to change when change is hard. And they talk about how do you get people to change? Well, you direct the rider, their mind, you motivate the elephant, their heart, the emotions, but then you've got to shape the path for people. So if we want people really to be disciples, how are we giving them the tools, the path to walk? What is the right. path they should walk? What does that mean? It's wide open. Be a disciple. of Jesus. Right. What does well, that even mean? What do just, I need to do? It just means
1: I have to be a good person, right? Isn't that what it means? That's what, that's what you hear people say a lot. I mean, yeah, it could mean thousands of things.
2: So we got to give clarity and direction yeah. to our people and our pews. So yes. take responsibility for my faith. All right, how? So, um, so that kind of goes to that first one. It means we need to identify what we want people to do to grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. That's sim- that simple. What do you want them to know? What do you want them to do? Pretty simple. Um, and so, what, again, what are those habits? What are those practices? What are those di- disciplines that help us to grow spiritually? Then we need to create systems and structures that help people adopt those practices. We're going to go mm-hmm. on each of these. Yep. Um, you know, just as a trainer, you know, again, give somebody workout, routine, you know, or recommends exercises. Again, that's really the first one we identify. Then we create systems. Here's what you need to do. Uh, and then third, we need to communicate over and over and over again, what we want people to do and right. then communicate it over again and then one <laughs> it, more time and then do it one more time. And when you think you've communicated enough, do, do it, it one more, more time. That's right.
1: So, yeah. And, and you know, we're not making, we're not making these up. I mean, we are coming up with creative systems and structures, but we're not making up these, these habits and disciplines, right? No,
2: I think they've been around for centuries, right? but we need to identify what they are or kind of codify them. Right. For
1: people. In a way that works for people. Right. So how do we identify these?
2: Well, I think for one, we can start with our own self-reflection. So what is it, if you're working in the church today, we assume it's because you love Jesus mm-hmm. and have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't,
1: I do love Jesus. Okay. <laughs> that's
2: good. That's if good. You're,
1: I mean, if you were asking me, <laughs> if, the answer is yes. I was I not asking Jesus. you. I assumed it. I was just
2: going to say <laughs> that's something we got to work on. But how did you get there? Right. What, why would you be in a church working? Because you could, it's not for the big money, right, Kelly? That's not why it's you're not here. It's not for the big money, no. no. <laughs> it's not. No. Um, so why give your life to this thing and why give your life to Jesus? What got you there? So you were saying before...
1: That's deep. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: Or, I mean, in just a relationship with Christ. Yeah. You were saying you wanted to hear what mine was.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to hear. But you
2: said you knew what yours was. So I
1: do. I do know what mine was. But now that I think about it, I could go back even further. I mean, one of my, you know, I was raised cradle Catholic and then just didn't really do much with it at all. Just went to mass, you know, late and left early. And, and when I was about 28, I got a job teaching at a private high school. And the girls there were just different than te- than I thought teenagers were. And they were different than I was when I was a teenager and any of my friends. And I remember one specifically, I was doodling on her notebook about Jesus and like drawing a cross and somebody made fun of her. And she said, I, I, I'm not embarrassed to love Jesus, like in a jokingly way. Right, but right. I mean, she was serious. And I just never heard anything like that. And it just piqued my interest a minute just for a minute there and that sort of set the stage for them what would happen later but my I think the environment and the practice in which I really um came to my faith was a small group a bible study when I'm still a part of it today I'm still a part of that small group today it was when I was about 32 or so and um so just a few years after the the Catholic school girls piqued my interest about Jesus a little more and um The it was just an environment I hadn't been in before, this small group environment where people were talking about the gospel and they were talking about ways to be more like Jesus. And what does that look like in your life? And I just was amazed. I thought, well, it doesn't look like anything in my life right Mm -hmm. now. And so just being inspired by other women, it was a women's study by other women around me who wanted to be better and do better and love better. And I wanted that too.
2: That's good. So it was a community.
1: It was a community. Yeah, for yeah, sure. A
2: community in a Bible study. So mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, no, I mean, And you said, what is yours? In some ways, when we talk about our steps here, which we're not even talking about in this one, we'll, we'll get to later. But mm-hmm. in some ways, I think different aspects of my spiritual journey were reflected on each one.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: But I think where where it became more personal and, um, I don't know. I, my initial thought too is really two, I guess twofold a little bit. Um, uh, you know, my meeting my wife, Mia, and starting to go to church for the first time with her. I was already going to church. I'd always go to church. But there was somebody for the first time. So it's sort of connected to you that there was a relationship mm-hmm. that supported it. Right. And I remember just feeling like my faith went to the next level. It just became even more important mm-hmm. to me at that point. And I think connected to that was the year before I came to Nativity. I always point to that year where because of that relationship, I started going deeper more on my own. I started reading a lot more spiritual books. Uh, going to mass on a daily basis, uh, just engaged at a different level right. that I'd ever been. So I kind of put those two things together would be meeting Mia, having that relationship, which I think is close to yours. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but then the personal kind of discipline to begin reading mm-hmm. and praying on my own are are, are yeah. connected. So
1: that's what I got from being part of that community was I had yeah. to go home and do my Bible study homework every night. Uh. And so I did like 45 minutes of Bible right. study homework every so the, night.
2: The one kind of led to another. The yeah. community group led more towards the personal prayer and yes, reflection. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely. And then someone introduced me to Andy Stanley. Okay. Okay then it was over. I just (laughs) loved, I just listened to him. It was like what I did in my free time. And then I got hired here to do what I love doing in my free time.
2: So that'll be one of the practical steps. Listen to Andy Stanley. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be one of the spiritual
1: disciplines. Something like that.
2: (laughs) So, I mean, one is just, if you do some own self-reflection. So I I encourage teams to get together and say, just have those conversations. And I, I don't, I think probably everyone would I don't think that's the totality of it, and I'll tell you why I say that. I think the next thing is to study other places. Yeah. Um, you know, I I, I think because I think in the we have somewhat limited view in the Catholic Church of ways people grow. You know, um, I'm trying to think of anyway. I think it was helpful for us to study other churches too. That was the next place. Uh, you know, studying Saddleback Church and we're we're going to do the purpose driven life series, or what on earth am I here for? I, I keep saying purpose driven life. I'm never going to get that out. but you know, and they had these okay. worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, and evangelization. and that helped us give a fuller view. okay, that that's what Rick is saying you need to do to grow as a follower of Christ. Do those five things.
1: Oh, name the five things again. Again,
2: worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, and evangelization. Mm-hmm. that you kind of have to incorporate those into your life in order to do that. Uh, North Point, and if you, if you look at these, they're sort of overlap in some ways, and they're a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Talks about practical biblical teaching. Um, so that's sort of worship, but also a bigger crowd. That's what you're saying, Andy Stanley's changed your life. Yeah. Uh, providential relationships. That's sort of the small group. Uh, private disciplines, a personal ministry, and pivotal circumstances. Uh, and we, you know, we're doing the series unexpected. We're saying that's the one thing. All right, as a church, we can't. We can't create pivotal circumstances. Right. It's about your life circumstances, and God comes in and becomes real in a huge way. Our, yes. As a church, we can't create that, although mm-hmm. we, we said through the series, we can, we can prepare. prepare for it. Um, you know, and then, so I think then pin down as a team, what, based on studying some other places, and your own self-reflection, what is it as a church we really think, identify, we want people to do, because we think they're essential to growing as followers of Jesus Christ, to grow, growing as a follower of Jesus Christ. And it's important we do that because I think in churches, there's all these different kinds of ministries and programs and things like that. And what I see happen in churches is like they'll jump onto a program and I'm like, okay, that's a piece of the spiritual life.
1: Right. But it'll be popular or lots of people like it. And so they'll grab onto it,
2: but they don't understand, okay, that's a piece of spiritual life, but you need a fuller, more fully rounded approach to this Mm -hmm. that, you know, a lot of things are just small groups, Bible study. Or it's, you know, there's other things out there that are about service and shape and how you're created for ministry, okay? And they grab hold of that, and that's going to be the silver bullet. If you don't have that fully rounded, and I think Rick talks about this with Purpose Driven Life, you won't have a fully mature church. We need to have a more of a comprehensive idea and an intentional. Again, and I think the way you want to brand that or to think the way you want to approach that as a church is, is fine, but just step back and make, that, that's up to you. But make sure you have a fully rounded, you know, so many churches, right. just go pray, Mm-hmm. Well, prayer can help you grow. I totally agree with prayer. It's one of our steps, but one, and this will lead to other things. We really don't teach people how to pray. And two, prayer is not enough.
1: Right. If you're doing it alone, yeah, it's only going to get you so far, right? right. There's people that yeah. pray
2: every day, but aren't grown as followers of Christ because that's not all Jesus did. He did right. a lot more than pray. That's and so if we want to grow be more like Christ,
1: the other thing more is about, about timing is that if, if, pray is you know if pray is the only one maybe somebody's not ready to pray yet maybe there's some other you know some other disciplines or practices or environments that they need in that season of their life up. right and so it can't be just one thing because some people aren't ready for that thing so timing can be important yeah so let's take a quick break and we'll come back on the other side and talk more about creating systems and structures that can support the discipleship path we'll be right back
0: this spring, our Rebuilt team will be holding three one-day conferences in select locations. Boston, Massachusetts, Boca Raton, Florida, and Baltimore, Maryland. Each one-day conference will be an intimate event where you will have greater access to the rebuilt staff and partake in some unique learning exercises. This conference will help your team increase the engagement of parishioners so they are fully invested in the work and mission of your local church. To learn more about the regional conferences or to register, go to rebuildparish.com backslash events. That's rebuildparish.com backslash events. Rebuilt Parish, building healthy parishes together. Hey,
1: everyone. Welcome back to the Rebuilt Podcast. Today, we are talking about shaping a clear discipleship practice And in the first segment, we talked a little bit about identifying the habits, practices, and disciplines that can lead your community to be better followers of Jesus Christ. But in order to do that, you have to have systems and structures in place that will support those practices. So we can't just tell our parishioners to go out and do more and be more spiritual. (laughs) We have to be clear. We have to give them systems and structures.
2: Right. Or just go ahead and... uh and stretch, yeah, go ahead, make relationships with people. Yeah. You'll know, yeah. grow as a follower of Christ. Maybe you should serve a little or something. You <laughs> go know, Go serve somewhere.
1: Yeah, go serve somewhere. Right.
2: Okay, how? What do I, how do I do that? Yeah. No, when I say that, I'm like, create systems and structures that support those practices. That feels a little ambiguous there, right? Or does that it's, feel clear to you? No, or? no, it
1: doesn't feel clear at all.
2: Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, no, 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 it's very clear, nope. clear. I mean,
1: I know what it means. Yes. It's clear what it means. Um, but it's, it's clear not, what it means, it's, but it's not. It's not clear, clear what the systems and structures <laughs> would oh, be. I see do you know what I'm saying? Okay. okay. Well, what, do you, what
2: What does it mean to you? I'm, I guess I'm putting you on the spot here, Kelly. Um.
1: Well, see. like if you if you tell so prayer is a discipline or habit that people right. have to have to be a disciple of Jesus, right? And so right. if we just say go pray, like. Um, I get that there has to be a system or a structure for that, but I don't quite know what it would be like. Right,
2: and 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 there's a good example. We could be like, as a church, all right, we're going to do Ignatius, Ignat, you know, Ignatius spirituality yeah. and examine. We're going to, or we're going to teach people to pray like Saint Ignatius, and we could put a program together, uh-huh. and that is how we're going to teach people to pray.
1: Okay, and then they'll only know how to pray that way.
2: Yeah, but that would be okay. Or we could put yeah. a. or it's we could start, right? right. Or we could put a couple of ideas like that. If there's mm-hmm. different methods of contemplative prayer. I mean, there's tons of, that's the thing as a church, we have 2000 years of tradition of all these kinds of prayer mm. where we could be Now, it's not necessarily what we do. Although I think there's a 2.0 to it this. Isn't. I, I yeah, think maybe there could, is, there is, I, I really believe there is. Mm-hmm. Um, Allison and I have talked about it a little bit, but just just, and I have no margin, as I said at the beginning. <laughs> so there's an idea there. Um,
1: an idea. To um, put a so, pin in it.
2: Put a pin in it. You know. So or, I think I wanted to get into volunteering because I think that's one yeah. you've worked in very yeah. closely, and I think you know more about it than I do. You do know more about it than I do. There's no, no well, thing. Yeah,
1: probably.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so um, I get up here at the thirty thousand foot level, and you're you're in the more the, the weeds of that. So, but it just it's just making it easier for people to do this. We ha- right. and and to do that, you have to have again, a strategy, a plan, a system, a structure, right? Sure.
1: There have been times where we haven't had a good strategy in place when people are going to sign up to serve in a ministry. And it's great. We can get people to sign up. We've got that down. Right. But then the follow-up was very, um, there's no cloudy. Yeah.
2: There's no process in place. Right. It's another word there. So, I mean, it's a little bit we could probably be strengthening our own language around this, but there's not a process in place or there's not a way for the people to do it. Right. Again, a structure, a system. So another example for the prayer for us, we do send out a daily prayer every single day. Right. So that's the plan. You, you sign up for us and we'll send you a worship flow. Now that's meant to be the the bottom line for us. That's meant to be a low rung on the ladder. Right. I didn't think that's insulting, but what? anyway in our meeting today. Low today. rung. Somebody, somebody said either, that was yeah. insulting, but I anyway. No.
1: <laughs> there's low rungs and there's higher okay. rungs. okay. I'm all right. Yeah. I'm on a low rung. Yeah.
2: You, you know, I was trying to play learning guitar. I'm on a low rung. Give yeah. me the low rung. <laughs> um, any case, sorry. Uh But um what were we talking about?
1: <laughs> we're, t- <laughs> we're talking about ministry. So we you want we well, want people. Well, it's just about prayer and how we send oh, out prayer, a right.
2: prayer. I'm oh, sorry. Go but back But then to that. the system and structure would be like, we do a prayer. Right. Someone has to write that up every week. And then how's that going to be delivered? And how does that get into people's inboxes? And right. That's how are you mean.
1: collecting the emails How are for you collecting that? emails? Yeah. Is there, are you using MailChimp? Are you using a database? Or is, yeah. Who's doing that? Yeah.
2: Right. So that's the hard work that has to get yeah. done at some point.
1: Right. There's a lot of great ideas that um, you can't move forward with until you have some good st- structures, processes behind them.
2: Right. And so each one... The, it, what those structures are depends upon the step you want people to take or the discipline or habit. I'm using our own language here. That's right. What you want people to do. So let's do volunteering because everybody okay. needs volunteers, right? Yeah. I think they're the, volunteers and money are the lifeblood of a church. Right. You need both.
1: Yes. You so. You need a lot of both.
2: You need a lot of both. Yeah. That's right. The bigger So the bigger yeah. your vision, the more you need of both. So talk about, our systems and structure for that just so just again i think to pin this one down a little bit more
1: okay sure so um people love being invited into ministry that people um are waiting to be invited into something so it's not that difficult to invite them and to have them sign up okay so So when we plan a, we plan ministry weekends, right? Do you want me to go that granular?
2: No, I think that goes back to communicating. So more like, let's say we get a hundred people to sign up. You got a hundred people to sign up. Start back there. Start, what's next after that?
1: So we normally do it with a card and it's a handwritten card. And so we have a list of names and phone numbers and emails. And so um, in the quote unquote back room, we go with a team of people, maybe eight people and we enter those names and phone numbers and emails into a spreadsheet or for us, it's a database. We have a database and we enter it into the database. Um, We have a plan for exactly how they're going to be onboarded. So the first thing that happens is once we have their information in our database, we are going to they're going to get an email that says hey go through our safety training thanks so much for signing up right. we need you to get cleared to serve right and so our arch, different archdioceses might have different types of training and they get an email for that and they start to do that and then they with that email they also get invited to a meeting that we call orientation and they, they sign up for the meeting and they come to Nativity and we tell them about all the ministries and we ask them where they might like to sign up and they get to meet other ministers. And and so this is our face-to-face with them then that says, we're so glad that you signed up and these are the teams that you could join and this would be a great team for you. And so you've
2: already identified those teams. Them. You already know what those are already. You right. Know.
1: We have our, our layers of hospitality in place. We know what the teams are and, and uh, where people might fit. And sometimes they know where they want to fit. And at that point, they will choose a team, and then a week or so, two later, they finish their training, and then another email goes out from this database, and we're relying heavily on the database and in, as a way to keep track of these names so that nobody falls through the cracks. You know, if they didn't finish their training, we remind them. Um, and then they're assigned to a team that they chose and we have team leaders that will get in touch with them and, and call them on the phone and say, hey, we're going right. to start scheduling you. Can you can you come this Sunday at 10? And we have a scheduler. So um, there's there's a leadership team in place that's pretty important here, too. But that's, in a nutshell, our process. So uh, my
2: guess is that could sound really overwhelming to someone. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, one, I think we're to say that system's developed over time.
1: A long time. And yeah. in fact, it was just a few years ago that we got it terribly wrong where – Two hundred people signed up to serve, and we had no system in place. Right, and they, a bunch of them fell through the cracks.
2: Right, and so that it was interesting. It was a parish from from Philly that was asking me. You know, like, "We're ready to launch steps. Do you think?" And I'm always like, "Yeah, go, 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 go." And they're like, "I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. You should wait till you get some more leaders. You should wait till you do this before right. you really." I said, "You could launch it like as an idea, as
1: an idea, just yeah. to
2: let them know this is what we want to do." But yeah, if you're gonna right. drive people to sign up to serve, and then. There, nothing's going to happen nothing's afterwards. And they'll do that because right. you'll be backwards. Yeah. But again, I think at the same time, I think it's ship then test. It's like, don't make it, make it, it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. But think it out the best way you can. Yeah. If there's nothing, that's a problem. But yeah. if, I think if you wait for that system to be perfect, it never will be. You got to do it, see how it fails. Oh, uh, yeah. Ours still
1: isn't perfect.
2: Right. See how it's imperfect. Mm-hmm. But the whole point, I guess, as you walk through that, I think is just, again, there, we have to create the systems and structures that make it what we want people to do possible. And it can be simpler. or right. Again, they can evolve as our church evolves, as we get more people involved. If you have 10 people sign up to serve, you don't need to do all that. Right. right? No. And, and if you only need 10 to 15 people, you don't need all that create. You, know, you you should think through that process. Right. The the system, the structure they're stepping into. Sure.
1: You should want to always have their name on something, <laughs> right. like in a database or in a spreadsheet. Yeah. And it's like, easier
2: to have that on an Excel file sure. if it's 15 names. Yeah, sure. And... Then okay, what are we gonna do with them? Once these people mm-hmm. sign up, what are we gonna do? And maybe process is a little bit better word, but how are we processing them to get them into what we want them right. to do? But even that, and that's just getting them in, and then I think there's systems and structures in place to support our volunteers. That's right. right. So we have our our step, you know, our a step in, step up, step events. I can't remember what they're called. Yeah. Anymore. So
1: we have three events. <laughs> have three events Sorry. throughout the year. And we've you know, steps are our discipleship path, yeah. right? That we're yeah. referring to steps. Um, but and we
2: we play with that name. So I'll make it ourselves a little
1: bit. We, I think we're leaving it behind though. I oh, think, I think it's done. So oh, in st- the oh, fall, we would oh. do step in and this is for ministers who are serving step in. Let's get excited. We yeah. invite them here on campus and get them motivated about the upcoming season. That's in August. Right. Mm-hmm. And then in January we did a, Oh, that was step up. See, I'm confused yeah. too. Okay. Step in was in January. It was a retreat where we offered just for ministers to come and not be serving, but we would feed into them. It was sort of a retreat, a half day retreat. And then at the end of the year, it was step out. We had a party. Okay. Appreciation for them. So but my whole point
2: is we were just doing things to build them up. Yeah. That kind of thing. Right. Or again, if your system needs to be, we have leaders for each ministry to, you probably time. need leaders. Yeah. Right.
1: I mean, somebody needs to greet them on Sunday and say, "Hey, thanks for serving. Get your name tag or whatever. You know, here's your post. You know, something. Right. Somebody needs to be giving them instruction there and recognizing yeah. they're there. Right. So,
2: um, so again, we got a little bit granular here, but um, again, the whole point is though we we want people to do things, then we have to support what we want them to do right. through a process. Again, through a, a system. And there's there's structures to make sure it's easy for them to walk in. And, yeah. and that if you're like man that's really hard yeah it's hard but i i think don't let it overwhelm you but we start to think that right. through and some people are better operationally minded like this for me is like this is why i need you to do that no i can't can do i can't even think that through that way i'm just not that operationally <laughs> okay. minded but some people are are you more operationally minded that less?
1: I, I don't know i'm not really sure okay you're yeah. you're big picture I'm big a big picture guy. and I yeah. go
2: strategy about an inch thick yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm done.
1: Okay. That's interesting. No, so, I can do details, I think. Okay.
2: Yeah. You know, another one just was giving, you know, we want people to give, but how do we make it easy and accessible? We have mm-hmm. an EFT. You put it on the website. You know, again, we for us, the whole process, there's a whole back-end process that I don't even understand, right. quite honestly, the financial department. Yeah. And probably, again, this is one of the easy ones where probably you already have something in place with Pro- that. Yeah, Right. Although again, there's always we, been a collection, right. so... And then we can always be tweaking it, improving it, and that kind of thing, right. like just making that better and better and better, or looking for better ways to make it better. You know, right. electronic giving is something that's you know relatively new over the last few years for many places. Mm-hmm. That's a new idea. Before it was a check, and that worked for a while. But again, right? That, we now had to keep nobody tweaking. carries a check. Yeah. I mean, I don't carry a or checkbook cash. or right. cash. Yeah. Right. So
1: and it's not like people are like refusing to give or refusing to volunteer because they don't want to, sometimes it's just not accessible. And th- so this is really about just making it easier and easier. accessible to people. And I
2: think that's a good point to make because I think places can get frustrated. Our people won't volunteer, our people won't give. Right. And I think Greg Rochelle had a great thing in our, our last conference saying, we will never say that. We're not mm-hmm. allowed to say our people won't. Mm-hmm. We have not let our people to. to. Oh, and, that's great. And we have not let our people to because we haven't, one and well the next one we'll go with the last one but we maybe we haven't identified what we want people to do mm-hmm. or we haven't created the system to make it the system the structure that makes it easy for people to do that or this leads to the third one which is we haven't communicated to our people right that we want them to do this we we and I will say I saw a parish that did awesome job of communicating I thought and then some of the systems and structures were not in place and they didn't have a really good turnout so I think it's, it's kind of it's funny I think we're almost reverse in some ways, identifying happens on the one end, then it's communication, and then it's the systems and structures.
1: Oh, right, right. And so it,
2: this is a little bit but then but you gotta build the systems and structures before you actually communicate it. Right.
1: If you start communicating, you followed me. I hope wanna, people followed me. Yeah. So what what we're saying is that the you first want to identify the ha- the disciplines, the habits, the practices. Then you have to come up with the structures. And you're saying that some churches Want to start communicating it right away because they're excited about it. It's good stuff, right? But then they don't. People want to get involved. Then you tell them, "Hey, we're going to have a sign up for ministry," and they want to get involved. And there's no way to re- if, really if really do of that, that back end stuff then when you're, you're in communicating trouble. it right.
2: right. But so it's, it's yeah, it's it's sort of the, the the linear process. Yeah, the order matters here. The order matter is figure it out, build the structure behind it, then communicate it. Yes. Now, once you've built something. mm-hmm, it becomes communicate and then they get into the structure, that kind of thing.
1: Right. Okay. They fall into the process. You and I are on the
2: same page. I hope are. listeners are. I'm not yeah. sure it's clear. I was like, we need to draw this, but <laughs> it's a podcast. I'm sorry, we can't draw it. So so the last one though is we gotta communicate it. Um, and partly again, we've branding is one and you were talking about that, that you guys went through a lot. Oh, or, we went through
1: a ton, yeah. We um I pulled up some old notes. This was uh it was four years ago. I would have thought it was even longer ago, but um, where is it? Yeah, so we when we started meeting, we just started talking about um, I think we had probably done the research first, the saddleback, the north point. We had read some of their stuff about how they developed their right. discipleship. And we path. were
2: already doing some of these things. We, yeah. Right. And that's the thing, is there's probably some things in your church you're already doing. Of course. Or maybe there's things you're not doing, you gotta start. But you're not doing nothing. You're doing some of these. Of Again, course. you already have volunteers for sure.
1: You might be doing all of them, but you don't have a process or you're not communicating it clearly. Right. Like that's kinda I think where we were. We might not have been doing all of them, but we just weren't communicating it clearly and kids were communicating it differently than students were communicating it. And then we were all communicating it differently at big church than what was being communicated to kids. So there was not a consistent um, vernacular around it or anything. And so that's what we were trying to get to. And so we started talking about habits, you know, to be a good disciple. And then we started talking about environments where you are inspired to be a better disciple. And, And then eventually it took... It was about six months, uh, based on my notes from those meetings. It took us about six months to come to what our five um, discipleship habits are. Well, I, I can't call we're them we're habits. Steps. We're going yeah, yeah, to we call them steps. Yeah, right.
2: um, the practices. I think you know, those are the five steps. I guess we're still struggling for a word on that. So that shows the process of that. Mm-hmm. But we almost say steps all the time now. We are the steps we want people to take. That's become our word. I think so. Right.
1: Yeah, and we just, the more we talked, the more we would realize like, oh, but we're leaving this out. Oh, but we're leaving this out. And so we had to find a way to really incorporate all the disciplines and habits that we felt um, were important. And they're biblical. It again, we weren't making them up.
2: Yeah, and I go through the steps, each one. You have scriptural reference for each point and yeah. what they are. So, um, so anyway, once, so again, this is where your team coming together, and there's uh, exercises in the field guide about this where, what has helped us grow in faith? Let's solidify, identify what those are mm-hmm. and then brand them or come, yeah. up, with I mean, come way. up with
1: a list of 20. It doesn't matter. Start, start there. Cause you can combine some of them. That's what we did. We ended up combining a couple, you know, we had prayer and Bible study and scripture memorization, you know, and all three of those became one right. of our steps.
2: So, um, so one, you, you want to brand it and we'll talk about that some more, I think in the next one, next yeah. one. Uh, then homilies, obviously they need to be preached. So, the pulpit is the rudder of the church ship. Take control of your pulpit, pastors. Please, 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 please. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, preach it, you know, and you can do that. I say like here, small ways, dripping vision, you know, you could be like, if you're pushing small groups or encouraging small groups, you just say, you know, hey, I was in my small group and we were talking. Mm. Just a reminder. People okay, that's listen. something we do People around listen here. People listen to the pastor. Yeah.
1: They want to listen. They
2: do. I know. I don't think pastors believe us, but they do. But that's why I got to give a consistent message and be know what you want people to do so you can be communicating it over and over again. Uh, So, you know, or, you know, that's why we push small groups or that's why we want you to give, or that's why just little things. You can be dripping in a homily from time to time. Mm -hmm. You know, then we have weekends. that are totally dedicated. This weekend is about you getting in a small group. That's right. This weekend is about getting you to sign up to serve because you won't grow closer to Christ. You're limiting your ability to grow closer to Christ if you don't serve. So right. whole weekends. And then when we are communicating, we want to be constantly painting a vision of how this practice or habit is going to make a difference in their lives and mm-hmm. the lives of others. Right. You know, we talk about love God, love others, make disciples, you know. But if eventually everything we're asking people to do, we hope it's going to be building up their relationship with God. It's going to be building them up personally because it is connecting them to God. And mm-hmm. it's going to be a way in which they love others. Yeah. So... um. And then others other forms of communication like emails. Again on those weekends or throughout the year, we have to ask people to actually do yeah. these things. You invite, ask.
1: ask, invite, yeah, for sure.
2: And then communicate over and over and over and over, and over again. Like yeah. we've been saying. You gotta get sick of saying it.
1: Yes. You have to be sick of yourself saying it. Okay, well let's take a break and we'll wrap up on the other side
0: of the break. We'll be right back. In their upcoming book, Father Michael and Tom dig into one of the most important yet undiscussed topics in all of church world, money. Right off of their successful $15 million capital campaign, Father Michael and Tom give you strategies to fund your parish effectively. In order to complete our mission and vision as parishes and begin the process of rebuilding, we need to have funding available. Jesus had a lot to say about money, yet it seems to be something that we are increasingly uncomfortable talking about. This new book will dive into what Jesus says about funding the church and give resources to parishes for funding the new evangelization. Whether it's a capital campaign for a building project or increasing the weekly offertory, you can find all the tools and strategies you need for raising funds for your parish. Be on the lookout for the new book from the authors of Rebuilt coming fall 2019. Welcome back to the Rebuilt Podcast. We are wrapping
1: up our conversation today on shaping a clear discipleship path. It is the third of our three core strategies. And we said today that we need to shape a clear discipleship path so that people understand how to grow as a disciple. Um, What we mean by path is habits and practices and disciplines that help us grow spiritually. So the first thing in the process is just to identify what habits, practices, and disciplines you want for your parish. Right.
2: Yeah. Just find out what what are they. We're not telling you which ones they are. We have five. Mm-hmm. We can tell you from other churches, but yeah. steal them, rip them off if you want, rip sure. them off from us, rip them off from Saddleback, rip yeah. them off from North Point, but identify them and...
1: Yeah. Start studying, su- study some other places, think about your own experience and what brought you closer to being a disciple and go from there. Yeah. And then the second thing, and we think that the order really matters here. The second thing to do once you know what those um, disciplines or practices are is to create systems and structures, or if you prefer the word process, that support those practices. So when you ask people to do something, um, you have an easy way for them to accomplish that ask.
2: Yeah, that's good. Okay. And I think one thing I just want to say on that, you know, again, we probably have some of these systems in place. So, but if you were like... If you're going to launch a new one or want a big, big push for serving, then make sure, you know, evaluate your volunteer place. If you're doing a Stewardship Sunday, evaluate your giving, you know, and so forth. So, you know, I think to build all these things, again, is process. You're building it as you're flying it. So, um, (laughs) but if especially you're going to have a big push or a big time where you're really going to be launching that, then you want to really evaluate that. Yeah. Um, But you probably have something in place right now, although maybe you just haven't thought about it very much.
1: Yeah. Time to think about it. (laughs) And then finally, it's important to communicate what those practices or steps are and communicate them over and over in a variety of ways. Make it memorable. Give it a name or ours is an acronym, which we'll talk about next time. Um, Drip it into your homilies and, and any other content. Communications, yeah. Yeah, any other communication. Make a whole weekend message about it. What else, Tom?
2: No, I was just going to say, I think on each of these, like, I think the identify is more like a one-time thing, right? Yes. We identify them, you know, and that's a process. We've, we took time to identify them, and mm-hmm. again, you're living them out, and maybe at some point you can revisit that, but you say, hey, these are the whatever steps, practices, habits we're going to identify, and we're going to make a part of our church. That's more of a one-time thing. The building the system and structure is something you do, I think, before a major push, yep. or you evaluate that. But then that can go for a while and then it'll probably break down and you'll need to redo it again or improve it and tweak it. That's right. You know, but that's, again, less of a time, but that might be Mm -hmm. a project you undertake. The communication, again, is the ongoing all the time. We're we're never we're never stopping that. So
1: it's very uh, intentional to drip um, it in. Yeah. uh,
2: So and, and even like I like we were talking today about messages, vision. What is the vision? What do we want our people to be? Well, we want people serving. We want people who are giving. We want people connected in community. We want people praying personally. We want people sharing their faith. That's ours. You know, we'll talk about that the next yes. time. That's what we want from our people. So that's our vision. The strategy is what are the ways we're going to help people? What are the pinned down? We're going to get people serving in church. We're going to get them in a small group. So, therefore, we need stru- the strategy behind that to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Then the tactical is that communication. Here's how we're, we're giving that. Yeah. I don't know. Here's if
1: exactly will. how to do it. I know I like that. Vision, strategy, and then tactical steps.
2: Yep, of how we're doing it. So, hopefully, that maybe that helps people understand a little bit. I, I feel like this one is really a tough one.
1: Well, we're going to talk more about our process and our... Um, Discipline, discipline. No discipleship (laughs) steps next time on the podcast.
2: And I think, yeah, as we drill into specific ones, it makes it easier to figure out how to build all that stuff. So great. Listen next month.
1: See you next month. Let me pray for us, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you for your Son Jesus. We thank you for um, our call to be disciples and make disciples. God, pray that you would. Um, inspire us, inspire all of our parishes around the world to identify what those disciplines are, Lord, and to work on communicating those in a way uh, that is attractive to people, in a way that will be um, leading them more and more to your son, Jesus. We pray all this in his name. Amen.